So good afternoon. I'm with Niall, Niall Scott. So fascinating story. I was just going through uh, Niall's background uh, online. And it's always interesting when you meet people at networking events. I, I met Niall in, in January. Um, a little bit cold. It was it was a monument. It was a PPN monument. It wasn't really the sunny weather which we're experiencing now. Although I have to admit, I never really thought coronavirus would have a huge impact on the property market. Uh, no one really was discussing the impact of coronavirus back then in January. Now you, you've you've got a couple of businesses. One is called uh, the Property Jam, or is a podcast series. Yeah, um, yeah, with with your partner uh, Matt Baker. Yeah, uh, you've also got the property uh scott baker properties and you've also got a hmo mastermind as well the, i think you call it the hmo platform, the HMO so, platform you, correct, yeah. so you so your, your background in terms of it's interesting you're, you're the first person i've ever spoken to who's done a degree in horticulture um <laughs> but you, you must have learned things uh, from there which have allowed you to move on to doing developments outside of london um, up north for me anything outside of you know the M25 is up north yeah I'm that type of person to be fair so look huge learnings people can gain from you about how you've created your podcast as well because that's been going for a number of uh, years now property jam um, also we're going to look at your property business as well so the, the the property business which you created is focused um, on uh, Warrington is, is one of the locations, right, and, and yeah. from my understanding, it, it's HMOs you're focused on. So, what yeah. what what made you focus on HMOs first of all? Um, mainly for uh, income, really. Um, when I started the property investing about five six years ago, um, I started off with. Um, just breaking my teeth basically getting used to investing and buying little buy to let properties um, but the aim initially uh, was to replace the day job income with property rental income um, and in order to do that the, the quickest way that we could see that happening um, was by um, by doing it through HMOs um, buy to lets I'm afraid we're just going to be a little bit too slow and we need too many of them to be able to replace the day job income um, I do work with my business partner, Matt Baker. Um, and so in order to generate enough income to keep both of us afloat, um, we decided HMOs was the most logical way for us to, to operate at that point. Mm. And it's been, been working really well for us so far. So I was asking you the question about how you're managing it, but you, you, you don't have to manage because you've got a letting agent. So the impact of coronavirus on terms of the day-to-day -day activities probably can be less impactful. Um, yeah. than if you were managing it yourself. In, in terms of where do you, you see your vision, because on, on LinkedIn it, it says that you, uh, let me, you aspire to be one of the UK's leading providers of high quality shared accommodation and co-living spaces. So it's, it's quite uh, a claim to make, uh, it's, it's uh, aspirational as you say, um, where do you see the opportunities? Uh, of course, as I say, no one saw the COVID-19 having an impact. No. Uh, some people suggest 
HMOs are going to be more popular now than they were, um, you know, even a few months ago prior to COVID-19. Some people suggest the opposite. Depends on who you listen to. But yeah. it, but it's not just about HMO. It's also about the style of the HMO. You use the word co-living spaces. Yeah, I think the... We use we use co-living as opposed to just standard HMO because we feel that the the way in which people live, the way in which people work, and um, the way we communicate with each other, the way we socialise with each other, um, is has changed an awful lot over the past few years. Um, and you will you will hear a lot of people saying that the HMO market is dead, the HMO market is saturated, um, and in some areas that can be the case because every HMO potentially looks the same. And there's nothing differentiating one HMO from another HMO. So if you are in an area where there are a lot of HMO landlords or there are a lot of HMO rooms, um, then you need to stand out from the crowd and you need to make your HMOs and your co-living spaces look and feel and act differently and better than everybody else's, uh, which is why we came up with, with co-living um, and building a brand that uh, is next level HMOs is how we refer to them. Um, whether people, uh, whether we're creating properties that people want to live in, um, so it's not just magnolia walls and grey carpets and um, and standard uh, standard HMO furniture. Um, not that there's anything wrong with any of that. Um, we just wanted to create something that was different in the market, which was the next level, as you say. Yeah, so exactly. look. <laughs> in terms of the developments, so the one, the interesting one you mentioned to me. Um, is the former solicitor's office, which you've converted into residential, I believe that's in Warrington. That's do you, right. Do you yeah. want to just explain to the listeners what that particular development is or how, a little bit about the timescales well? Yeah, sure. So it's, um, it's a property, like you said, it is in, in Warrington Town Centre. So it's uh, about two to three minute walk from uh, Warrington Bank Key Station. Um, so we knew the location of the property was, was ideal for uh, HMO tenant uh, demographics and um, so the property had operated its entire life as uh, a solicitor's office um, it was a double fronted a double bay fronted uh, building um, and it was it, it had a basement but they never utilized the basement um, and it had a lot of space in the loft as well and as a solicitor's office it never utilized that either um, so using permitted development rights um, and some planning permissions as well um, we converted the property uh, into an eight-bedroom HMO with a one-bedroom flat in the basement. Um, so a lot of the conversion we were able to do under permitted development. Um, and we did, like I say, apply for some planning permission to um, extend light wells um, and just make the property look and feel a lot better, a lot different uh, to what it originally was. One, one quick question. Uh, I've never been to Warrington. I know it's near Manchester. So, so yeah. what made you go for that area? Is it because that's the area you concentrated on? Was it because you had some experience of Warrington before? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. And you're not the first person to ask that. <laughs> so uh, when, when we both, when, when myself and Matt started working together, um, his parents were living in Warrington. Um, so it was, okay. a, it was familiar territory for, for him, um, so he knew the area quite well. It was easy for him and his parents, he moved in with his parents for a period of time as well, and um, so it was easy for him or his parents to pop over and keep an eye on the project and see how, the, how it was progressing, etc. So it was, 
um, yeah, so that, that's why we ended up in, in Warrington initially. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating because I never hear Warrington mentioned as a hot spot or area, but yeah. to be fair, it's what, what you do. Look, just to go back to the next level HMO, mm. what, what is it which makes it next level? It's basically, to make it a next level HMO, it has to be better than everything else on the street. It has to be a nicer HMO. Um, and but what, order... what makes it a nicer HMO? Is it the furniture? Is it more than just the furniture? Is it the ambience? Uh... Yeah, so it, it is more than just the furniture. Yeah, you are right. Um, but we, we, we try and um, we, we have an interior designer um, on all of our projects now. Um, so before we, before we start the refurbishment, we start working with an interior designer to, to create a property um, that stands out from the crowd. Um, so yes, furniture is one thing that you can do to, um, to make it look nicer, but even simple things like the, the color of the paints in, that you use in the property, um, by using uh, even uh, accessories like plants um, and things like that, just to, just to make it a lot nicer and a lot more of a homely feel. Um, we do interview and speak to uh, tenants as well. Um, so we've recently done a, another survey, it's just gone out to our tenants um, and we take their feedback. Um, so creating properties that tenants want to live in, asking them what they want to see in properties and creating the properties around that. Hmm. So look, so survey, getting the feedback from the tenants. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you get the tenants involved in their community to use a whatsapp group or that's mostly left to the lettings agent as such uh, we, yeah we do they do have uh, whatsapp groups for each individual property so they can communicate with each other um, for example we've got a we've got a property in in stockport which is 22 bedrooms um, wow so okay. we work with local businesses so restaurants uh, gyms uh, hair salons that type of thing uh, barber shops, and we get discounts for our tenants um, from the local uh, businesses um, so that they can eat together, they can go out together, they can socialize together, and they get a little bit of a discount because they're living in our co-living uh, unit in, in Stockport. So doing things like that just to create the community, the co-living aspect of it. Um, a lot of young people or a lot of people now um, work in co-working environments or work from home mm. uh, so well, almost everyone's working from home right now well yes yeah. that's true actually <laughs> most people are working from home right now yeah <laughs> look just just one other question about working from home and how you've created a schedule out of chaos i.e. the coronavirus having an impact mm. maybe you work from home all the time maybe you don't but how have you dealt with it? How have you created a schedule? Well, I guess I was quite fortunate in the sense that um, I worked from home for about three years before I became uh, full-time in property. Um, so the transition to working from home wasn't really a big shock to my system. Um, and uh, yes, we do, have, we do have an office based down in Brighton where we're based out of most of the time. Um, but I would spend maybe two, three days a week working from home anyway. And um, so it wasn't really a huge transition for me to be able to uh, adjust to working from home. I guess the biggest adjustment for me was not being able to go to networking events and not being able to get out and interact with people and meet people in the evenings and socialize. Uh, that's probably been the biggest challenge. 
Um, but we, we're doing a lot of it online. Uh, we run a Brighton property meet every month, um, and that's run online now. And um, obviously chatting to you, um, doing lots of video Zoom calls and lots of Skype calls. <laughs> Uh, yes, sure. Trying to keep interaction uh, as active as possible. So for, you, you've had the advantage of three years beforehand working mostly from home. So what, what's your big takeaway? How do you schedule? Is it about scheduling your diary or is there a lot more to that? I think it's having a routine, um, a, a routine that you stick to. And it's very um, tempting when you're working from home uh, to either sit all day in your pajamas and not do anything. <laughs> um, or get up late um, and not have a schedule to follow. Um, if you follow a schedule or a routine every day um, and you stick to that, then it just helps things move along a lot more smoothly. Um, otherwise you can end up just getting into bad habits, bad, bad routines, um, and it's not very, not very beneficial uh, long-term. Is there, is there software which you use and which allows you to build your schedule? Is it just simply a Google calendar or? I'm, I'm think... quite old school, so I like I like pen and paper. <laughs> I write I write everything down. Um, but uh, some people just use some people use apps on software, but it's not something that I use. Um, for me, it's just literally um, planning out my day um, and do, having lists of stuff that I need to do. So the important stuff that has to be done, um, and anything that's not important, anything that's not uh, relevant for me to do and um, then delegate that to a member of the team to sort out. So look, I promised it would be a 15 minute interview. We've just gone slightly over. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just bear with me two moments. So uh, fascinated by the team, but just want to mention again, Property Jam. So we've mentioned a few different things. So Property Jam is your podcast. Right. You also have a network in Brighton, a property network. How, how does that work? Yeah, so we, myself and Matt set up our office in Brighton uh, a year past in November. Um, and when, when we moved to Brighton, uh, well, when we moved the office to Brighton, um, we didn't really know any other property people in the area. Um, so we were looking for networking events and uh, meetups that we could attend to get to know more property people. Um, and we discovered apart from uh, PIN Network, there were no other property networking events in the Which area. Which is amazing for such a huge area. You know, and one was, hour from London. It, it, it was really, I couldn't, um, I couldn't understand get over how little was there. So we, we decided that we would set up a, a networking event. And it's literally, it's a very, very informal event. It's literally, we go to the pub um, every fourth Thursday, or we did go to the pub every fourth Thursday. Um, and we had it on Meetup. So anybody that wants to come along um, and chat to us about property, um, then they're free to do so. Okay. Um, so we've been running them now for over a year and they're becoming very popular um, so we have maybe about 20 to 30 people coming most events um, and now obviously that uh, we can't get to the pub we can't get there to meet them and uh, we're now doing them online as well so look one last question team you, you mentioned team so who's who's in your team uh, well, we're, we're very fortunate, actually. We've got a really good team. Um, we've got, first of all, their management agents who look after the properties on a day-to-day basis. So we've got two to three main agents that look after the properties in their various locations. Uh, we've got a finance director um, who comes in once a month um, and goes through the, the finances and the books. Uh, we've got a bookkeeper. Uh, we've got an admin uh, person. Uh, we've got uh, someone that does our social media. Uh, someone that does our marketing, 
um, and then Matt and myself, obviously, as well, uh, in there as well. Look, I just want to say a massive thanks for taking time out now uh, this afternoon. And just a call to action for the listeners out there. I'm doing interviews with a number of different investors, property professionals, property developers. And uh, if there's someone you'd like me to interview, uh, just just let me know whether it's based in the UK or overseas. I'm in talks with uh, uh, an American podcaster who's raised half a billion pounds over the last I'm not sure how many years, but uh, he's on my radar. Uh, done an interview with uh, Frederick Sandville, who's based in Sweden right now. He's also based in the UK, but he's in, uh, well, Sweden is the only place they say without a proper lockdown, from my understanding, or one of the few major oh, really? yeah, countries. Um, so I catch, uh, I catch up with uh, Frederick uh, on a regular basis at the moment. So Niall, um, just just one very very last question opportunities what opportunities are you open to uh, we're open to um working with um anyone that's interested in investing in property anyone that wants uh, i don't know to become perhaps an angel investor or a joint venture uh, partner with us uh, we're, we're quite open to to having those discussions um anyone that wants to find out more about what we do i'm more than happy to have a a virtual coffee with anyone <laughs> So, look, I'm going to shoot off and have a coffee now. Um, you mentioned virtual coffee. It's interesting. I've got my virtual quiz coming up. That's on the first Thursday of the month. As uh, awesome. the chair says, thirsty Thursday, so in the afternoon. <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah, I, did, I like that as well. It's not me who came up with the uh, name. So, now, massive thanks and thank you to our listeners. Thank you very much. Thank you.